What's up, people? Welcome back to the Messy Podcast. We are back at it again. Jesse, say what's up. What's up? What's Gucci, Jesse? What are you doing? How you doing? I'm all right. How are yeah? you? Yeah. Um, we were going to put out an episode last week, but I'm going to push it to this week because we have guests over and stuff right now. And if you hear like a loud pinging sound in the background, that's because my friends are playing pool downstairs. So yeah, you're gonna hear, you might hear a little bit of that. House has pretty thin walls. You can hear things a mile away in this house, but you know how stuff goes. That's not true. The house has very insulated walls. Except when you leave your door open and scream at three in the morning. And you don't do that yourself? No. No? Never. Okay. Um, well, uh, we actually had the opportunity this weekend to see ourselves a movie in a brand new IMAX theater that we went to, but they didn't have uh, they didn't have it built up all nice and pretty the last time we went to it. And here in Atlanta. And uh, if you live in Atlanta, it's, uh, what is it called? Atlantic Station. At the Atlantic Station. It's yeah. like kind of downtown. Uh, there's always that one section that was always like blocked off. Yeah, because they were doing renovations. They were doing renovations and stuff, but they finally fixed it. And oh my God, the seats were like really nice. The mm-hmm. screen was big, nice. Yeah. Perfect to see a blockbuster like what we saw, Tenant. Did I already say we saw Tenant? Yeah, this was uh this was the first weekend where we actually did stuff, got out of the house and did stuff. Yeah, yeah, cuz uh, like I said, I have friends over and you know, we kind of wanted them to show them around, show them the the food places here in Atlanta, you mm-hmm. know, do all that jazz. But uh, yeah, so we, you know, went out. We don't normally do that. And so we got to see the uh the COVID side of uh the yeah. industry and how restaurants were affected and stuff and a lot of places are doing a really good job uh we went to a a dive-in bar i think that's what it's called they have the all the inside is unavailable to you people got to wear their masks when they're walking around and just the outside portion is effect, uh like a where you can sit but there's still a lot of people sitting around you so that kind of you know the waiters wear their masks and stuff they do their yeah. thing but yeah anyways point is you know we, we've been doing some doing a little bit of going out and one of the things we did was we saw Tenet, and we're going to talk about that, as you saw in the title of this here video. So Yeah, Tenet, IMAX. We did it. We went in there. There was like three other people, three other little groups of people. I think max total, there was eight people in total, I think. Yeah. Or nine. Yeah, it. Uh, and they, I mean, even in a big if, theater. if it was even like, if there was more people, they cut out seats and rows of seats that you can't sit in and stuff. Really, I w- my biggest thing with, you know, trying an IMAX theater, especially one that's brand new like that, I wanted to make sure that, like, it actually worked correctly because a lot of IMAX places don't. And it's really frustrating. I um, haven't really been to an IMAX that didn't work, work I've been like to that. a few. Uh, and they. I've been to RPX where it didn't work, yeah, but not like IMAX. Yeah. <clears throat> this one was really nice. Uh, it was. I'm glad we went because... It, you know, I was worried I would never get to see Tenant in theaters because, you know, Chris Nolan movies I always see in theaters and, and because they're meant to be seen on the biggest screen possible. He films in an IMAX. And even though I have issues with his sound design, it it's it really works in an IMAX theater. You know, mm-hmm. it's big. It's boldest. OK, so this is going to be a spoiler free uh, review yeah. on Tenant because obviously a lot of people are not going to be seeing it. And even if I was to spoil something, it would you wouldn't even make sense of what i was even saying mm-hmm. or comprehending but personally i was going into this with pretty low expectations because i am not the biggest fan of chris nolan's uh big mind-bending movies the only one i really like is interstellar and i went into this with that mindset and came out liking it even less than i thought i would yeah i, I didn't really like that movie yeah I didn't, and uh, I think you had the opposite opinion, right? I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't say I was raving about it. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie with a myriad of problems. Um, mm-hmm. 
definitely nowhere near like any of other Chris Nolan movies. Like it's nowhere, in my opinion, it's like on the bottom tier of his films. But with that being said, it's still an enjoyable film. I had no expectations of it, so it met my expectations, exceeded it in parts, and then underwhelmed me in others. Mm-hmm. So it was, I would say it's a good movie. Um, what I say, what I recommend everyone to go see it, probably not. I yeah, mean, you I can wouldn't. definitely wait for this one. It depends on how much you like going to see a big movie like this in theaters. And honestly, you know, we're kind of being a little bit hypocritical because we talked about on a previous podcast about how much we're being like punished, you know, for not following COVID stuff. But the movie theaters are actually doing a really good job with it. But also, a lot of people are just not going. Exactly. To see so you might find yourself in a movie theater with like not that many people. No. Which I, it's a blessing. I wish it was like this all the time because um, I've had nothing but bad experiences at that theater. And this was the first really good experience. Um, but anyway, movie movie wise, it's very long. It feels long. Like that's the problem with it. It's normally his movies are pretty long, but this one felt long. It would it had ups and downs in its pacing. It had easily, in my opinion, some of the worst dialogue and directing Nolan has ever done. And that's saying something because he's a great director, but he had some seriously bad. And what dialogue. I didn't know going into this, what that what the protagonist, the main actor who calls himself a protagonist in the own film, <laughs> is uh, Denzel Washington's son. Yeah, which is crazy, crazy. And I was thinking to myself too, and it's that it's so weird. I was thinking to myself, I'm thinking because I didn't like the actor, and I'm thinking who could replace this guy? Like who could they have chosen? And and like three guys popped in my head, and Denzel was like one of those guys. I'm like, yeah. Probably Denzel would be pretty cool. That would make this film really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just brings something to any anything he's in. Yeah. I mean, the script could be horrible, but it, Denzel in there, you know, he just has this charisma. And I was, but then Jesse was like, yeah, that's his son. I'm like, wow. And he looks like him and he acts like him. Kind of, kind of. Um, and I think it's an unfair advantage. I think he just got some bad direction. I don't think it was necessarily his fault. Also, I don't really think he's a leading man type actor no you know no and they really put a lot of the weight on him yeah um there were other moments in it like other actors and actresses that did a really good job but kind of felt like robert patterson was pretty good oh yeah he's all he's always good yeah. it's just it's just i didn't know anything about his character you okay, know so that that's where i segue ready for this yeah this movie kind of solidified me with something with nolan mm-hmm. that my opinion with nolan and we like a few podcasts ago we talked about is if Chris Nolan was a controversial director mm-hmm. and I was saying that I believe he kind of is mm-hmm. in, in the industry I are not, not, what was the word that I use? It wasn't controversial. Something else. Divisive. Divisive. Exactly. That's the one I use. Is he a divisive? And I, and I truly think he is. Mm-hmm. And I think this film kind of did something for me. It, it showed me that Nolan is a, he is a guy who has a concept, right? And this film, if you watch it, it looked like he was basing a film around set pieces. He's like, I got three really cool set pieces, and I got to make a film around these because mm-hmm. that's my idea. Right. And he can't fill in the gaps of what he does. So the beginning of the film has a pretty cool sequence. The middle of the film has a really cool sequence. And the end of the film has a really cool sequence. Okay. But the rest of the stuff that is in this film, the filler... The stuff that is leading up to those, it show it's like what Nolan does in every other film. There are characters that are underwhelmingly unimpressive and unconvincing to me, right? If I think about uh, like Inception, mm-hmm. that's another movie that's 
based around in a concept idea. You, no one likes that movie because they're like, oh, this is my favorite character, right? They don't, they don't do that. And in this film, it's going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Like Nolan films, truly, and I think this is why they're divisive among, you know, fans and like, you know, critics and stuff. The characters are just not great in his films. Like I don't feel like he can write good characters. I feel like he just has good ideas and cool concepts. Can I interject? What? I think that's a bold claim. I highly disagree with that because I think you're talking about his like ensemble films as opposed to his actual character films. Like The Prestige, like see, Inception. Those characters were fleshed see, out. See, uh and they made sense. My personally, yeah, they, a character can make sense, but that's different from a character being uh, like a good, well-written character, though. And I think I think Matthew McConaughey's characters was but, well-written. No, but that's the problem. That, that, that's why I say I like Interstellar a lot because well, I think or what that's about, like, the best part of the movie. Hugh Jackman in The Prestige. Uh, His character makes a lot I don't, of sense. Don't remember. So does Christian. I don't Bale. remember uh, those from a lot, but I remember thinking to myself. Like it was just, if it felt like the movie was good, and I felt like Hugh Jackman was good in that, but I can't really testify anything to that. I film. think, I think you you have a point, but I think these are ensemble films. That's why you probably didn't like Dunkirk that much, is because it was ensemble, and you know you don't really connect to any of the characters to an extent. Well, but can I say something else? Sure. Uh, people love the Batman film. Yeah. The Dark Knight, right? Mm-hmm. And I do too. But having rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a Nolan perspective, and I don't know if this is controversial, and I don't know if people say this, I don't like... Christian Bale? Chris, not just Christian Bale, but that character. Yeah, you said that on this podcast. Did I? Oh, yeah. God. I don't I don't think... To me, like we didn't really get a character from him. You know, well, let I, I think we should focus more on Tenet. No, 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 but this is it's my is point. like Nolan. No, no, just no, no. did a Nolan episode. No, 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 but this is what I'm talking about with it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, um... This is this is another big reason why I didn't like this film. Is because yeah, he had the set pieces, but he could not tie those things in. This this movie, honestly, to me, uh, as far as the acting goes, for the main protagonist wasn't the best, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was he was directed very well, like you said. But it was honestly just him that was. You know, I, I felt like every other character was you know fine in terms of the villain was kind of whatever and so so. Yeah, the but. villain was very much like twirling mes- mustache villain. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And I didn't care for that. So I feel like he really can't tie all the pieces together. It's basically he is directing this this like this concept of an idea. He doesn't have a way to actually conceptually like fill it. Like it's just to me like you said bad dialogue, kind of bad directing in some ways shape or form. I don't know. Like to me it's just it does it feels like and I, I think I told you soulless. Did I say that? It was a soul. It felt like it had no soul. Again, I felt the same thing. For, like what I did from like Inception. It's just I don't. Maybe maybe he's not a director for me. Maybe I just really can't understand his concept. Like I can't understand how he his vision really works because I just I feel the same thing how I felt from watching these other films. Like and and that's what sucks because the this, this film. Oh my god, the visual effects in it are mind-blowingly good. Like, I mean, seriously, 2020 level, this is where we're at good. Like, nothing looked fake to me. And if we could just, you know, like, if I felt like the idea was kind of wasted. But there was really, really, really cool parts in this film. Really cool. But they kind of were overshadowed to me by all of that other stuff. My biggest problem, and it's with Nolan films in general, but this one, really need a way to put subtitles in movie theaters. Because... I missed key important pieces of dialogue and I still to this to this moment do not understand the full concept of that movie. I hate when audio mixers 
decide to make the music louder than the dialogue. Absolutely hate that. It happens in most, if not all, of Chris Nolan films. Yeah. It is the most frustrating thing. And in this one specifically, he did the same thing he did in Dark Knight Rises where he has a lot of important dialogue spoken behind a mask like Bane and all those. And there's multiple characters in this that speak important dialogue behind a mask. Oh, and by the way, not just behind a mask, but the music's fucking blaring too. And it's like... It's the best part of Nolan films. I love the music, right? I get it. I get it. You want it to feel bigger than it actually is. But when you have such a complex, in some cases, convoluted ass concept of what this is his most convoluted movie, right? By and, far. And like, I need to understand how that works so I can relate to what's going on. But when I can't understand because I can't hear what people are saying, that's a problem. I hate that. And I've been advocating for fucking these movie studios. To come up with a way that I can watch subtitles at the same time. You know what you could do is you could have uh, I'm sure they have a double layer film. So it's basically yeah, it's like 3D glasses. Yeah, you you have 3D glasses on. Mm-hmm. You can see subtitles. They must do something like that for the deaf. They have to. They have to. We should look it up because I'm gonna start. Oh. I, I'm gonna if it's not invented, I'm inventing it straight up. I'm so sick of going <laughs> to movie theaters and like not that. understanding what people are saying, especially in Nolan films when freaking Bane's talking. But I could hear kind of what Bane says a little bit. You have better hearing than most people. In this movie, the it's also depending on who's delivering it and what the music's going. What's happening? Yeah, and the if music. they have a mask over their face or not, and they do. Because like in in the Interstellar, there's a really important part that is being overshadowed by the music, and it's a really sad scene. And my mom couldn't hear it at all in the theaters. Yeah, she's like, I would I would have like probably been sad too, but I couldn't understand what's going on. Yeah, the ringing after every nolan film in my ears is crazy it's like an event i love it when it's loud but geez man they need to it's too loud they need to balance the audio it's crazy but yeah i think the concept of the film's cool i really like the idea of it the execution of it was okay well the execution in terms of the way it was shot yeah no that was way it looked crazy good but um if i understood it more i couldn't tell you how it works yeah i think I really do. Maybe my problem is I didn't understand a lot of what was happening. I was literally like putting my hand up in the air going like, what? Yeah. What? And yeah. just scenes just happened. Yeah. A, uh, a crazy movie. Um, if you really like mind-bending Nolan films and you, that's your, you know, the way, you know, your kind the, of film. This one's definitely way less palatable than Inception. And I know how confusing Inception is to people, but that one was way more palatable. Inception's uh, not that confusing. And honestly, they they explain it right in the beginning, like the first act, they'll explain it. And then in this one, it felt like they were explaining everything in each act of the movie. It was like almost every every other piece of dialogue was just explaining something. Exposition. That was another part I did not like. Holy exposition. Literally dump. the first 15 minutes of the film. Actually, that was a it was an action sequence. Right after that, mm-hmm. right afterward, something happens. He like does something and then goes to a certain place and then it is a very nullified, nullified exposition sequence. Right. Between like a scientist and him explaining this the way this goes. I, that whole time it didn't make sense no not only did it make did it not make sense to me it was just so in your face 
Like you have to present exposition in a like a really good way. Not that that it to me to was feel so natural. Yeah, it's natural. Not what that's didn't what feel I meant. Natural at all. No, it was very poor written dialogue. That's why I said the dialogue wasn't good. Yeah. It just was really not well written. I understand no. the idea. The thing is, he's doing really fucking confusing shit, and then trying to explain it to us because he understands it probably perfectly fine. But he has to communicate the way it's it's done. I get it, I, but the best way to explain it is like what the dialogue in the in the movie uh, scientist said. Don't try to understand it; it'll make more sense that way, or something like that. That was wasn't that Avengers? No, that was in Tenet. She oh says, yeah, she says don't try to understand. Don't try it. to understand it. And I was like, yep, there you go. No one to his audience. Don't yeah. un- try to understand my film. I don't know. This one was very confusing. I. I definitely, I, I've been mulling over watching it again. I wasn't, at first I was like, I don't really want to watch this again. Yeah. But, because it's just, it feels so long. But I think if I can watch it again with subtitles just to understand what the hell's going on so I can explain it, at least to myself, I think I'd enjoy it a little bit more. There's some twists and turns too that just like, if you didn't see them coming from the beginning, you, I'm sorry, you, oh, yeah, you are they're... a very average film goer that's not a slight against anyone's intelligence, but it is like so obvious. Yeah. And he makes I was going to talk to you about that. I never yeah, got to. And he makes it seem very, like it's like this obvious. big reveal. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I could have called that. I called that all that shit in like the first, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. Again, you you will see this shit coming. But and if you don't, it's surprising. The, to me, those twists in the third, it was like before the third act. It was the ending of the second act of the film. Yeah. When they kind of do their thing with the twists. The way that whole scene was done yeah, no, was really I'm cool. Not, I'm not saying no, 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 they were bad. I, or no, anything. no. What I'm saying is that that's why I didn't really... I didn't mind that I saw them coming my way. I liked that whole sequence. Uh, it was... Yeah. But that's spoiler stuff, so we're not going to go into it. But mm. overall... I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. It's 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 a. I liked it a little bit better than Mark, but not by much. And um, it is a very problematic movie. But I think there are moments out of probably the two and a half hours that we sat there, at least an hour and a half, I really enjoyed myself. So that might not be the best review, but like there are some sequences in that that were breathtaking. Were really really good. Miniatures. Planes. What the plane? Don't say anything. No, I'm just... All I have to say is... Structures. Let's just say structures. Oh. Surprisingly, one of the best things... I did a lot of behind-the-scenes dump after I, you know, went to see it. Because I like to do that stuff. Very minimal CG. Very... It is, like, one of his most minimal CG movies. And here, this is what I love about Nolan. And I said it before. My favorite, absolute favorite part is his movies look so damn realistic yeah. and there's a reason why because he doesn't use a lot of cgi he likes using movie magic he likes actually making tangible physical things for you to see and that's why interstellar looks so damn good 2014 looks like that film came out like two years from now like hasn't even, like it looks just breathtakingly good you know it just everything looks so real and that's ah that's Here's a testament to filmmaking right there he, uh another testament to his filmmaking one is his lighting love his lighting every time it's just realistic lighting but shot on film all of his movies shot on film yeah it's great it looks like film too like you can see the grain and like yeah oh see this is why this is why he's a he's a great director i need to figure out who the director of photography was because i wonder if i didn't recognize the name i don't don't he didn't bring back wally fister right no because 
I really want him and Wally to get back together. They, to me, some of the most impeccable work. Uh, what's it called, Tenet? Oh, okay. Uh, the the director of photography. That's the guy who's in charge of camera and camera work and all that stuff, lighting as well. It was Hoyt Van Hoytema. So I'm I'm probably butchering that name. Hoyt Van Honema. I don't know. S- but he did a lot of good movies. Uh, he did Her, which you love. Her that is movie. a beautifully shot film. He did uh, Spectre, James Bond, Ad Astra, which is okay, but visually, like cinematography wise, that movie was awesome. Uh, he did Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. So this is this is Chris Nolan's new guy. Also, you know? and what's his name? Hoyt Van Hoytema. He started with Interstellar. Yeah, with he started. Nolan. Yeah, because that's when Wally Pfister left. Yeah. Then he brought in this guy cool. to do. Yeah, no, and I love his work. Uh, wow, he did a lot. He did The Fighter. He did Let the Right One In. Oh, Let the Right One In. He's Swedish. That's a Swedish movie. That's the one with the vampire that they remade over here called Let Me In. No, I don't. Well, it's Let the Right One In, and then they made an American version. But he made the Swedish version. That's oh, wow. cool. Okay. All right. I like this guy. Yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Hoytema. Very good director. Or er, a photographer. So, yeah. That, that's our little review there on Tenet. Yep. I gave it a six. I think that's what I gave it. Probably gave it like seven, seven point five. And it sucks that I have to do that because that it, film yeah probably took a it, no it took a lot of work and it's just like come on that's unfortunate but that's how things go you know you take a big risk on something and sometimes you don't see what people see so what I will say mad respect for him releasing big budget blockbusters like that that don't need sequels don't need any IPs or anything like that just original stuff love seeing that i want more of that that's i mean that's why i love chris nolan because he just has these crazy ideas you know and he's just i want to make it and that's what's cool studios you know like like kubrick kubrick has crazy ideas and they just let him do his thing you know which is really cool i love it uh so my sister actually wanted me to bring something up Okay. I'm going to bring it up. Uh, over the break, podcast break, I guess, when I was in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, we we just did a podcast on how the Pirates of the Caribbean was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I still, great movie. First one. Love it. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister watched the second one, Dead, Dead Man's Chest. And we're both, uh, we both have seen it before and we remember it fondly. Not the best movie, dude. That's surprising. My sister was like, you need to bring this up on the podcast. Huh. Like, you need to tell Jesse, like, what the heck was going on. Uh, Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I guess I guess I don't want to rewatch it because I have such a fond memory of it. Yeah. You know? Maybe to, it's not a good idea for to me to me, it's To it. me, it's a kid's movie that feels too much like a, kid, like a kid's movie. Yeah. Man, like, I mean, the jokes in it are just bad yeah not good they're very amateur well look we have fond memories of it because we were kids when we watched it so Mm. it was meant for us you know yeah and it's also way too long (laughs) it is so long yeah i mean i remember those movies being long but i remember when i was a kid i was like whoa yeah like this is so cool but it's crazy and and then it just made me rethink like the first part is, was it that? Like, did I... I mean, I just watched it, and I'm thinking to myself, I wanted to, like, rewatch it again. Like, is it the same as this? And it's not. It's definitely not, but I don't know. It's, like, messing with my mind. I... This... You know, my policy on it, man. If you remember something that was a kid's movie, don't go back and rewatch it. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Because it just tarnishes the way you think about it. I don't want to watch Unaccompanied Minors anymore. No. Because I loved that as a kid. Yeah. Don't. You seen that? I've never not brought recently. that. recently. No, but as a kid? Yeah. 
unaccompanied minors, minors. And it had a rap to it and everything. Yeah, it was on what what channel was it? I don't know. I just have it on DVD. I didn't I think I got it from either the library or sorry on TV as a kid. Oh. I used to rent VHSs from fucking the library. I used to rent DVDs from the library. Fun oh, fact. The first the times time we live in. Yeah. Or we used to live in. Didn't they I think they rented games too. Oh, you had a cool library then. I think. I don't remember. Ours didn't. It was all educational games, like on the PC and stuff. Oh. I know. Gross. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to bring that up. You, I, you need I, to rewatch. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll rewatch it. Just Because so, I'm, I'm not so like, obs- like it's not part of my childhood. You know, it's, it's not like a Spy Kids or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll rewatch it. Watch me just like have the polar opposite opinion and still say it's like one of the greatest movies. <sighs> well, knowing your you opinions, know? probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cheesy dialogue aside, I can forgive that. If it doesn't make sense, that's where I'm going to be like, ugh. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know what half was, was going on. I was thinking to myself, how is a kid going to understand this film? Like, it, it, they were just saying things that just like, I don't know. Then I don't, maybe you should watch the fifth one, because that's the one I most recently watched, and it is terrible. It's really Well, bad. I'm going to watch the other one, so I'm going to watch the third, because that's the one I'm most excited for, because I yeah. remember not liking it. And I want to see what I have opinion on it now. Yeah. That's the only reason. So we're going to move on to another topic here. Uh, actually, while we were, I mean, this week, Sony released the PS5 prices and whatnot. And Wait, they that, released the PS5? Yeah. And then the prices. Let's go. But with that came with all their games that they're, you know, releasing. So they showed off like what's coming up. Mm-hmm. I think they won. I think they won the console war. I just got to say that real quick. <sighs> it just keeps every single time there's something new that makes me think oh xbox got this then the next week it's like nope playstation's got this mm-hmm. nope xbox got this and it's like at this point yeah i agree with you didn't i tell you at the beginning of this that xbox looks like they're in the lead ps4 yeah. just keeping their mouth ma- or somebody's keeping their mouth shut yeah and then they're just gonna out of nowhere like release the price and it's gonna be cheaper and also like it's just gonna straight up be like there's going to be way better games. They're just going to release this thing, and it's going to be like ahead on top, just out of nowhere. Well, and they pretty much did that. I think what did Xbox in was their uh, their cheaper model of the Xbox Series X is. Why would you want that unless you're like unless you're broke? And I'm, I forgive me for saying something like that, but like, why would you want that? I think that is for the more casual uh, people that don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah, I get. Don't that, care about high performance. Like, I could just spend like basically almost a hundred dollars more for a PlayStation Five without the disc player. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And it's much better system. Yeah. You know so. Yes. I, when I first heard that Xbox did that $300 version, I was like, shit, good for them. Because we need we need cheaper consoles. That's why the Switch has done so well, because it's cheap, but it's really good. Um, but then, I think Xbox, what is the fucking point of an Xbox if you have a PC? There's zero reason to get it. There's yeah. absolutely, you cannot. Unless you're saying like, oh, what if you want to play your old 360 games or something? Yeah. Well, there's emulators on PC, so you it's can. It's like, <laughs> exactly. So I yeah. think what the Xbox is doing that's actually pretty smart, though, is setting up subscription-based stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not only going to meet the Xbox players, but the PC players as well. So that's like having two consoles, essentially. Yeah. So, the, yeah, sales-wise, they might not do as well as PlayStation. Mm. But if you look at those membership numbers... I think it's going to be, it's 
it's gonna be huge yeah, yeah. and it's really honestly good for them because it's really great as the consumer to have basically like a a digital game fly but it's all their games you know yeah no no, no it's a pretty smart it's a pretty smart move and and they also just bought that's okay so that was the monkey wrench because when the prices came out for the playstation i was like oh shit they got this but then like breaking news as of today or yesterday uh microsoft bought bethesda like straight up just bought bethesda yeah for like eight billion dollars or something crazy like that and i was like this is a uh game studio who makes games like a, uh, Skyrim and Fallout and all those Easily other games. some of the biggest games. You're missing out on like Doom and all that stuff. They, oh, and they, Doom. They have a lot of ties in a lot of different franchises. Yeah, they make a lot of stuff. Just name a couple. So no one knows what's happening as of yet because everyone's nervous about exclus- exclusivity. Yeah, which I don't think they're going to do. Think about this. Mm-hmm. You, I'm thinking. Think about this. Skyrim is on uh, every platform. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if they do that, there's yeah. going to be some huge legal ties that got to be like, all right, we got to take this off, take that off. Hey, you have it on your Switch. No more Switch. They've confirmed that their ne- Bethesda's next two games are still going to be on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those aren't Skyrim or Fallout. I don't know. My, I don't... My, I'm hoping they don't do that. I'm hoping they don't. It's not. They're not. But, I mean... Xbox knows that PlayStation has, honest to God, this is an opinion, but come on, has the better exclusives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if they're thinking about being a little bit more competitive, it's kind of fucked up to do. But if you want to be more competitive, they could easily make the next Elder Scrolls or next Fallout exclusive to Xbox and PC. Which is a crazy idea, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. At I mean, all. it's definitely not, but I, I just don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I like, I, I just heard about this like thirty minutes ago. So like, I, yeah. truly, I don't. It's I have just, no idea what's going on. When you think one thing, monkey wrench, something crazy happens like that. This console war, which it is a war, but it's not as to me. It's just more like it's a consumer war. Yeah, uh, because I think both companies are going to do extremely well. Um, because Microsoft is more than just the Xbox. So if they had all their cards in just on the Xbox, yeah, PlayStation's going to rip them a new one. But the fact that they have the PC stuff as well, and, and they're kind of integrating two of them, both of them, is, in my opinion, a much better strategy than just having a console. Because you are accessing players that you normally would never access. Because PlayStation only has what? One or two games on PC? Uh, I think it's one. Horizon, right? It's one. Yeah. I think. And they're saying, oh, well, you know, we might put out games in the future on PC. It's like, no, you need to... Microsoft's got you on this, guys. You need to you need to make your own fucking service on there, too. You need to include these people. And people are like, well, what's the point of having a console? Well, it's all preference. People don't like no, PCs. There is, there is always, I think there's always going to be a point for consoles because... People say it is easy to get into PC gaming, and it really is. But the thing is, there are some people that are just, it's going to go over their head. I mean, think about our friend Chris. Okay. Yeah. If he, t- tell, tell that man, all right, go go out and play PC because it's better. He's going to be like, I don't even know where to start. Exactly. I mean, he can look it up, but, you know, he's going to have mega trouble. So what he's right. going to do is just, just going to go get his, the cheapest thing and the best thing for him. It's yeah. perfect for, and that's what it's going to be plug like. It that in, for a while. It plug it in, turn it on, and it works. Plug it in, turn it on. Yeah. You know, it's already preloaded with everything you can possibly want. And there's always going to be a market for that. Yeah. Um, 
and as far as this exclusivity thing, I I think it's it's the biggest reason why these companies can have do their own thing and be, be bigger than the other one because of exclusives. But God, I just want exclusivity to end, man. I yeah, want, no, I I think it's, the, it's it, and Sony is one of the biggest you know buttholes when it comes to that. They are, but um, can't have cross-platform play. Can't have any of that, and and it's barely we're getting into that. Barely, yeah. Like I mean, it being bigger, it, it with m- the newest multiplayer seem to be doing that more. Um, yeah, that's the way of the future. I think there's just going to be games, and you play them on whatever you want. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. I think games should be accessible with all studios or all consoles and PCs and whatnot. Yeah. We're just gonna keep up, keep updating on this whole like situation. I'm telling you, it's gonna be every week, new fucking thing every week. There's something, but yeah, uh, highly recommend just waiting it out and seeing which one you want. Don't rush into anything. We get a PS5 though. I mean, so you can play God of War Ragnarok. I mean, it all depends on your exclusivities. Xbox ain't gonna have garbage. Their biggest, their biggest game got delayed, so. There's really nothing. Their biggest game, I say with air quotes. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know. Half of what the Halo 3 audience was. Yeah. Probably a quarter, actually. Also, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Crazy. Never saw that coming. That's another monkey wrench. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) what? Easily the best game of 2018. Out of nowhere. Well, not easily. Barely the best game of 2018. Yeah, 2018 was a great year. Um, Red Dead 2 and god of war spider cuck and spider-man right mm-hmm. crazy year dude that was like easily one of the best years in games but jesus i me and marcus said both in the podcast like the sequel to that or god of war 5 god of war 2 whatever you call it it is god of war 5 um yeah but uh we thought it wasn't going to come out for probably another five years honestly yeah and then just i was like i was gonna say minimum four yeah and like just a few days ago they're like 2021 boom, boom. Right around the corner. Oh. It's, I bet you it's gonna get delayed. Oh, I bet you. Oh yeah. I, I, I truly, I think this was Sony being like, okay, it's coming. Give us a yeah. teaser so we can put it out. Yeah. People need to buy a PS5. Yeah, I think the release date was kind of a stupid thing to put in there because I don't. I, I, I'm right there with you. It's, it's not coming out no. next year. No, it, no, no. Watch sir. us be wrong again, and it comes out. Watch Santa Monica pull like the biggest, craziest. All right, we got this game in the bag, and you, you, you guys were just just comes out in February. We're like, okay, <laughs> the hell, it's like, and it's a perfect game. It's literally like the best game ever made. Probably will be, dude, because that oh, game was so good. Yeah, uh, God, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna get my hands on a PlayStation because I have to. I don't need an Xbox because I got a PC, but I gotta get my hands on a PlayStation. I'll probably wait a little after launch but um because i'll have like cod and stuff to hold me over for a little bit um but yeah i i'm definitely gonna get the ps5 down the road i might consider getting an xbox but probably not so no um, need you just want to you want to have the feeling of opening a brand new console and uh, having that it's christmas yeah nah i mean it's a great feeling but yeah. no nah. i probably it would collect dust let's be it real would like dust. my xbox right now collects dust same z so ooh yeah oh sauce on that one um but no. i still love you microsoft don't worry i'll play your games yeah we'll play your games but on the on the console on of my the choice pc exactly 
But uh, like like I said before, this is a great time to be a gamer. Yes. It's great. The game Perfect. of sense. The game of sense. Um, but with that being said, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast right there, folks. I need to edit it and do all that jazz. Uh, so we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye-bye. Love you. Wear a mask.